Hey, welcome to Smart, Fabulous and Single. I'm Trisha Ann. Today, we're going to enjoy our bonus episode, The Producer's Pick. In this segment, my guests and I dissect the line from a movie, song, quote, social media post, scripture, or a topic you suggest. So, if you're ready for something life-transforming, stick around for today's episode. And if you have any questions, email me at pod at sfswoman.com. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on one of our episodes, visit our podcast page at www.sfswoman.com. Ladies, thank you for tuning in to part two of a two-part interview with Pastor Al Miller on the topic, what it really means to be single. He shares with us that singleness has nothing to do with being in a relationship and that it has everything to do with character and personality, just being one in soul and spirit and not being I guess for lack of a better word, schizophrenic in how we respond to situations. When I heard him share this five years ago, it completely changed my life and triggered a transformation that caused me to draw closer to God, pushed me into my purpose and just liberated me from the wounds I had experienced in my marriage. And of course, earlier on in my life, um, you know, from childhood. So I'm, I'm encouraging you to stay right through to the end because Pastor Al has some really deep, powerful, and life-transforming insights that you wouldn't want to miss. To be single and to be able to stand on my own, it means that if there are issues in my character that are weak, I need to deal with them. So it is about building up my character. It is about looking at my personality and see is there anything in my personality that are inhibiting, that are put to that is a turn off, that it makes me unable to function properly in a wholesome, balanced way, then it's issues to be dealt with. And the third area that I think we can relate to is attitude. Gotta look at my attitude, you know, do I have a positive attitude, you know? so that it is my fault because people with a negative attitude can never usually become successful in life you see because they only see impossibilities on what can't happen they're not purposeful they have no drive to get up and go because they only see the problems and see what can't happen you know so when those three areas we work on the issues that are the negatives in the area of my attitude my personality and my character is the, the fact that I have been wounded, my insecurities, my fears, my ego, that's out of balance. These are what you have to bring in balance to become single so that I can be successful as a person because I have a good attitude, have got character, integrity that I can stand, and I've got a personality that can relate and people will win some of the people so therefore i can make it through life man as a single person you see but i am because i'm single i'm alone but they reach a point when i see a nice girl like trisha and it's about that thing look good enough i need help and i love that girl to help me because i don't want to be alone i'd love to walk with somebody like this then you're making choices you see, and you have become selective 
that who you're going to choose that we are both single and we can come together. And maybe some one more thing in it before you let's go in and let's talk through a couple of things that you may see from it. And that is that when we are single and have become single, it now puts us in a position to be able to, oh, there's a thought I wanted to come, it'll come back in a minute, but it will enable me to better be able to relate to others and we can walk together because if two can walk together, except they, they agree. So it, it means that I have to connect with someone who is, is compatible with me, that we can walk together and so on. There's something else about to say, just you'll come back in a minute. So let's, let's just explore this a little bit. But that's the essence of, of it in short version of what I want to say about this issue of singleness and recognizing how important it is for us to become. So you're not born single. Singleness is a process of becoming. So you have to go through this process to become single. Then you are alone. Oh, this is a point I want to make. That even when you get married, you will still be single. You see, we, so that marriage was never intended by God to solve the problem of singleness. Marriage is to solve the problem of aloneness. Yes. So, because when I get married, like I'm married, I'm married, I'm married now for 40 plus years, you see, but yet I'm single, but I'm not alone because I am me and I'm distinguishable, separate and distinct from my wife. And she is who she is, separate and distinct. So we are both single and can function in our singleness, but we are choosing to come together and to share in a oneness of purpose so that we can achieve some common goals and common vision. So we will always be single. And so that's why I don't like to call people who are unmarried single. I rather call, refer to them as they are in an unmarried state. And I want now to see them become single in the process. And as they become single and alone, that's when they are ready for marriage. Because if they never become single, they are not ready for marriage. So you're going to have a dependent relationship. And if you're going to relationship dependent, then you're going to have clashes. And there's going to be a lot of butting and butting of heads, you know. And the frustration levels are going to be great because I'm not mature enough to manage the interchange and all that is required with someone else entering my space so so when i'm married i am not supposed to be dependent on my husband i'm supposed to be able to stand on my own even though we in standing on our own each of us still love each other greatly and are very intimate and connected i still should be able to stand on my own yeah yes because you are your own person in other words, you have to think, you still have a mind, 
you have to be able to function because that's why you can help each other. Because I can think and act and function, but I'm choosing to unite. Because now uniting becomes a conscious, deliberate choice. And I'm choosing for us to walk together. And so we are dependent on each other, but not a dependency of inability to stand, but in a dependency by choice, because we are choosing to walk together to accomplish the goal. And I say, I cannot accomplish this goal without you. I need you. And you are saying the same thing. So it becomes a healthy dependency rather than an unhealthy dependence because of incapacity and inability. So it must not because of inability. It is because of a choice to submit myself to you to be merged into one. Because you see, if because like we said, singleness is about oneness in principle, beginning in yourself, spirit, soul, and body coming together. So that even when these two single people come together, they are you, you, they, they are single, but they have brought themselves together and voluntarily have offered themselves into to merge into one because they they see enough and comfortable with it. But any two things can merge, like oil and water can mix, but coffee and milk can mix. So when you see it, you can still taste the coffee, the distinct taste of the coffee. And you also taste the distinct taste of the milk. But you never say, I'm drinking coffee milk. I'm having a cup of coffee because coffee yes, is, is the dominant. So I'm having a cup of coffee. But the milk, they, you can know the differences are there, but they are complementing each other. To, food, to satisfy a single need. So we have to know that you is a dependency, but is healthy dependency that is not jarring and taking away from, but it is voluntary choosing to add value to, so that it is productive and healthy. What, what I find interesting, Pastor, is that you talk about us moving. It's almost like it's a continuum because it's a process. And we move from singleness straight through to aloneness, where we're so able to stand that we are alone and can function by ourselves and even become independent. But what is also interesting is that I find particularly women, and I used to do it too, um, until I did your class at Whole Life College that we have this way to say, I'm independent, I don't need anybody. But we don't say it necessarily in the way you, you have described it. It's almost like in this kind of negative way, you know? Um, I, don't, I don't know if you understand where I'm coming from and how women typically talk about it. But I, I just want, I, I wonder if you could just speak on that a little bit, the difference between how as women, we do that versus what you are referring to. Yeah, and I understand it that we and, and we think that way, but we must know yes, I'm independent. But I am to, because of this principle that I am choosing to unite with someone else to bring 
our strengths together and to strengthen our weakness by the strength of each other so that we become one to accomplish a common goal that I could never accomplish by myself. So then it brings respect into it. It brings honor into it. It brings gratitude to one another in it. But because of my singleness that I brought to it, then it makes, it gives, it, I brought value to the relationship. And so I'm confident in my value. And each of us, of the two, is confident in the value that they bring. And each recognizes the value of the other. And I need the value you bring. You need the value I bring. And so we become respectful of each other and submitted to each other and not with an attitude now that says, well, I'm this and I don't need nobody and I can make it on my, on my own because that's only part truth. Of course, you can stand on your own, but there is a difference with being able to stand on my own and being alone than now being making it on my own because in a world of relational beings, we need each other to fulfill the common goal of life. And so we must, in our singleness, should bring us to a maturity that we would never speak like what you just said there. Someone who speaks like that is showing an indication that they are not yet fully single. Because if they are single and alone, they will quickly recognize the limitations in my aloneness. You see, the limitations is not just in my singleness. My singleness maturely is my strength but my aloneness is a limitation because there is only so much i can accomplish by myself and so hence i am always i will be looking for good support and good help to take me through life so that's where we got to bridge that perspective very carefully to know that of course, I'm an independent woman or an independent man. I can function by myself, but I'm not choosing to function by myself because I recognize my limitations in my aloneness to accomplish the, big, the task that I have because the task of life is bigger than just me. Am I making sense? Do you make sense to you? Yes, certainly, definitely. And um, just some of the things that you said that struck me were, for example, the matter of in my singleness, I, I should be able to stand on my own in a whole um, unique, um, positive and healthy way, recognizing that I'm on this earth for a specific reason and that eventually if i truly want to I, I i would imagine accomplish it maximize it then i would need somebody and that person you know should be compatible and we should come together submitting in order to achieve that common complementary goal that's right submitting to each other 
so that we are merging our strengths for the greater good because we recognize the limitation in our aloneness because the task is bigger than just me. And so that's a healthy, mature perspective. So then I, oh, I, I, need, I need help, I need companionship to take me through so that together we can climb the heights that, that we are achieving, you know? So the single person would never speak those kind of words begin to come out, it's begin to say, hey, something in the internal has not yet come to maturity. There's still fears and anxiety, or at best, ignorance of what life is about, that you think you alone now can carry it. No, you have to be, and that's why one of the things we have talked about, and I know you were in that class, so we talked about it when we are talking about choosing a mate and what you look for because you would want to have somebody, if it is a male, you want to make sure that that man has come to the place that although he is single and alone, but he no longer desires to be alone because he recognizes I need support for the greater good and vice versa. Because if he doesn't recognize that and you come alongside such a person, you are going to be abused you are going to be used because they'll only need you for certain things, satisfy my sexual appetite, wash my clothes, and give me some food, and if I have anything else, I'll call you. If not, you ain't got no other value to me. You will get that kind of attitude. Who can survive in that environment? No way. So it's knowing that I'm alone, but I don't want to be alone because I recognize that what we have to do, I need companionship, I need support in order to do it. So I look for support that we can come together, add value to each other, and commit ourselves to each other that we are going to walk hand in hand. I'm independent, but choosing to depend on you because I need you and the strengths you have, and you need me and the strength I have. So we are not boasting in our independence, but we are rejoicing in our dependence for the greater good. And that's the focus that we have together. And then um, finally, Pastor, so when you say common goal, right? Um, because some people, I mean, seven years ago before I became a Christian and, and even started to attend any sessions at Fellowship Tabernacle, as far as I, I was concerned, common goal would be, okay, we're going to get married, buy a house, have children, and have all the sex in the world. That was it for me, right? And at that age, one would think I would know better. But the reality is very often we don't you know, understand that. And it's only recently, I, I believe that there is so much conversation around common goal and purpose. So when you say common goal, um, can you give me some ideas, specific ideas about what we should be considering in that case? Part of your goal in that, because we feel we're going to have children. We want to have children and I want to, have, you know, have good sex and what we, 
the question of the why, what's the end of that? That must now have a purpose. Why we have children? Is it just because we have some biological features? If that's all there is to it, then there is no end and going to create problems. So once you begin to know, ask that question, that begins to force you in this issue of purpose that going to have goals because you to have goals, goals is to fulfill a purpose. You see, and the and purpose is to come is to fulfill a vision. So that it drives us beyond the goals. The goals become that which I do every day in order to accomplish a purpose that's to achieve a vision that I have. And what is going to motivate us in life and propel us to, to, to want to get up every morning, it can't just be the sex because it's not going to stay woke every day. And how much can that be after the choir? That's going to get boring. So life has to, is, life has to be more. And we all know that life is more than that. And so because life is more than that, because we have gifts, talents, and abilities, and ideas flowing in us all the time, then all of that have an end. So we must stop and ask, what's the purpose of all of that? Why am I gifted? Why do I have these talents? Why do I have these, the interests and concerns about my world? and the interesting things in life, that must have an end. It came from somewhere. And it is bringing that together now that must give us, that must give us before us a goal, that it must point us to a vision that gives us a sense of purpose for being. So that even when the two of us decide to come together, we are coming together for a purpose. And because we both have some a vision that we want to see fulfilled. And now we then set some goals in order to fulfill the vision and my purpose. So we've got to look at it in that light because if not, we're going to be very limited and after a while we become frustrated, frustrated in the relationship because there is nothing that to join us. You see, there is nothing to hope for. And the human being is so constructed that they must have a hope. They must have something that they are working towards. Because if not, the day, if all we are interested in is having children, then the moment I have children, I have nothing more to look forward to in life. And so you'll have to give up because I've achieved that. So what? So it has to be more than having children, you see? And the only reason I'm having the sex is why? Because I want to have the children. Secondarily, of course, because I think I'm enjoying for pleasure. And it has that. But it is the end that you had in mind. I don't want to have children. But children are not an end. You see, they are part of something bigger. So it has to fit. So what is strong and equally that each of us individually need to have a vision for our lives with a clear sense of purpose. Absolutely critical. So that my singleness, becoming single, is to enable me to fulfill that vision to accomplish the purpose of that vision. And so that's what makes me have hope in my future. That's what makes me go, go to work 
I'm to be looking down the head. So that now when I look for a companion, I need a companion who share my vision. You see, and who therefore believe that that vision informs our purpose. And that's the purpose we exist to achieve this vision. So we are now going to bring our strengths together, our abilities together, and set some goals, you know, short term, medium, long term, all consistent with that vision we have that is what we are, that is driven by this purpose within us, whatever it is. And that's what keeps relationships together. It's vision. It's not, it's not just love. You see, the love is important, but that love must be to something. Because love, again, is not an end. Love is for, is for a purpose. So we need to have something that is going to cause us to, to drive us to fulfill that thing beyond us. So the goals are goals that's not just for the things you mentioned. It has to be bigger. That fits into what we got to classify as a vision. So I personally, I encourage couples, for instance, once they begin to share together and think that they have companionship and wanting to have companionship, I encourage them to write a vision, you know, together so that they can put out a vision statement that is shared so that this is why we are going to get married. We, we are getting married to build this vision and you have children in it, you have your house in it, you have all of that in it, but it is what we're moving towards because your vision has to be bigger than you. If not, it dies quickly and you achieve it at the back of an eye and then you have nothing else to do. So you become now bored and frustrated with life because the vision was too small. It was within the confines of one or two achievements and it had a ceiling. No, the vision must take you beyond that which just has a ceiling. You can see when it is being completed, but it is in open space rather than in a limited confine. So vision is what is going to shape your goals that you, that, that you set to fulfill this bigger thing for a vision that involves you. And now you're the, you have the children, how do they fit in that? Because you have to ensure that I'm establishing what will enable them to do and to become. So it's all got to come together into this bigger thing called vision. And interestingly, um, as we wrap up, even as you are speaking, I realize how important singleness then therefore is because that vision cannot work if I'm not single. Because if I am, quote unquote, um, I have a schizophrenic attitude, behavior, um, mindset in, in the way I deal with things and people, um, you know, then I'd be all over the place, as you said, confused, and so can't achieve this, this vision. That's right. Absolutely. So singleness is maybe a part out of your childhood. It is that next period of your life that is the most important and significant period of your life. That unmarried period, that is to the intention of that unmarried period is to prepare you 
to become single so that you can stand alone to fulfill the vision for your creation in the first place. So it is the most vital time in the life. And unfortunately, too many people do not use it rightly. They either sit aside moping about what I don't have or wishing I had a companion and getting so caught up there so that they are wasting the time, energy, and effort and have not, and have not given attention to becoming single who they need to be so that they will be able to do what they are supposed to do with their lives. So it is the most important time in life that must be maximized and try to get it, bring, get to the point of aloneness as quickly as possible. So let singleness take its course to bring me to maturity that I can really be alone because now I'm ready to do what I was created to do. And then life becomes exciting, man, and you're ready to take on life. Because someone who is not single is not ready to live. Someone who is not single is not ready to live. And he who tries to live and not being single will be frustrated and cause much pain to everyone around them and much hurt and frustration to themselves. Wow, that is mind-blowing, Pastor Al. If, I, if there were five things you could recommend that we could do to even begin to um, seek out our singleness, what would those five things be? Or whatever number you can think of right now on the spot. Identity. You certainly need to discover yourself to really know who you are. And so you have to ask, what we like to see is some of the basic questions of like, who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? What am I to do? So an internal self-searching to discover self would be one of the critical things because you have to know yourself. And then secondly, I would say you need to know, seek to get to know your God because it, when you, if you answer the question, where did I come from? Why am I here? It is going to lead you back to a creator because you did not make yourself. You did not bring yourself here. No matter what you end up believing, those are just facts. You did not bring yourself here. You did not create yourself. So you need a connection with your creator. And I want to put that in the context of those who might be, some folks believe, no, I don't believe in God. Or some, okay, we can have to respect them and their view. But let me say, you need to, you need faith. You have to be able to believe something or in something. So you've got to know yourself and you have to believe in something that will inform your values. Because you've got to have values to live by. Something has to be there. So you need to have faith, something that is going to inform your, your, your values, you know, for, for, for life. So you need to do that. Then I would say an, an important thing you need to do in looking at yourself is facing what are the weaknesses or the flaws in me. 
the things that mar character. You know, like, and I'm referring to stuff, to, to stuff like if there is a strong sense of pride, if there are fears, whatever the kinds of fears, you know, um, insecurities, you know, things that happen to us through life that have wounded us. So if we have been wounded by life, then those are critical things that one would need to empty out because if those wounds are never healed, you, you will always have pain. And unfortunately, you will also cause pain. So it would be important to deal with the wounds in one's in one's own life as we as as we work that through and then to put on to the answer therefore then get a vision for your life have a vision for your life because there must be something that will make you wake up on the morning and want to go you gotta have vision you gotta see something you it must give you you have to have a purpose for which you live so you must discover what is your purpose and therefore uh, create a vision to fulfill that purpose. If not, you can never really stand on your own and function because you wouldn't know what you do. You won't know what you're doing and why you are doing what you're doing. You must have a cause that drives you. So those are a couple of the basics. If we begin to get a hold of those things that I think a person would be on the road to becoming a single whole person that can give to the world what they will give to give Wow, thank you so much, Pastor. Uh, listen, this is where in church we would have said, um, wait, what did I say? You should have thrown an offering for that. I, I mean, listen, because this, this that you taught us in, in, in at Whole Life College completely changed my life. The, the, the foolishness that I was chasing, I no longer chased. The issues that I had, of course, it took time. But um, I began to just be transformed. You know, the careless behavior, the man-man thing, all of these different things no longer mattered to me because I recognized that I needed to be single. You know, so I, it, it really needed offering because this thing this understanding this changes lives and this is when we start to begin to um to live and and i think even when we have a relationship with god because sometimes we have a relationship with god but we're truly not pursuing singleness uh, and therefore truly not pursuing what god wants for us absolutely and so life will never be fulfilling we will never give to the earth to the world what we were given to give it so really we would have been waste we have wasted our lives and the occupancy of the earth it's vital it's goal number one to become single and when you become then you can be i will close with this thought just it is like i used to say that um why does a dog bark the dog barks because the dog is a dog. The dog does not meow or moo. And, moo and, and barking is not difficult for the dog simply because he is a dog. And so dogs will bark. 
so critical for us to become who we need to be. Because when we become who we need to be, it is easy to do. Barking is easy for a dog. He's not struggling to bark. He's simply being what he is. So when we become single, then marriage is easy. Living with someone is easy. You see, getting out there and taking on the world and making my contribution is easy and exciting because I'm not trying to do something that I am not or to be what I'm not. I am who I am and therefore I naturally do what I do because of who I am. Critical is the center about life, becoming single, then we're ready to live. Uh, thank you so, so much, Pastor Al. Thank you. I mean, I cannot begin to say, there are not enough words, but I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you taking the time and every blessing. Thank you so much. Well, blessing on you and all your listeners and then trust that it will contribute to help them to become who they need to be so that life, they can give it what they came here to give it. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Smart, Fabulous, and Single. If you loved it, please download, subscribe, rate, and share it. Then head over to our website at www.sfswoman.com to access show notes and other fantastic bonus content and resources, and to sign up as a guest. You can also sign up to continue the conversation in our Facebook group. If you want to share topic ideas, email me at pod at sfswoman.com. Okay, so thanks again and don't forget to join me for new episodes Mondays to Fridays. You can also connect with me on FB and IG at Smart, Fabulous and Single. And remember, what you have on the inside of you is far greater than your circumstances, weaknesses and fears. So you already have everything you need to live life successfully. Mm-hmm.